All right, good stuff. Go ahead and grab your Bibles. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. How good is good enough? How good is good enough? Man, there was some really good football yesterday. I don't know if you're a football fan, but man, if you're a football fan, man, there was some great games. Baylor skagged one out by a field goal at the buzzer. Uh, North Carolina beat FSU. I don't know where Jim Campbell is. Oh, he's next service. Sorry, Jim. At the buzzer, they lost. Uh, the most exciting game of the day clearly had to be Georgia, Tennessee. Georgia scored a, on a bomb with 10 seconds to go. And somehow in 10 seconds, uh, they gave up a touchdown. Tennessee, as time expired, won a game. And then uh, if I don't know if you're a Saturday night football fan, but I watched Clemson and, uh, and Louisville last night. Just tremendous football game. Uh, Clemson stopped Louisville on about the three-yard line. It's just incredible. But when you think about how good's good enough in football, you got to score more points than the other team. Uh, but you got to be good enough for 60 minutes. You can be ahead for 59 minutes and 58 seconds, but that's not good enough. You got to be ahead uh, when it's over. And uh, four or five teams found that out uh, yesterday. Uh, but, but, but how good's good enough when it comes to life? And maybe better yet, how good is good enough when it comes to our ministry and our service for Jesus? Maybe a story about uh, Admirable, Admiral, not Admirable, Admiral Rickover will help. Uh, Hyman G. Rickover, who was an admiral in the U.S. Navy, uh, his interviews, according to uh, many uh, writings, were legendary. Uh, and one of the reasons is he always wanted to cut through the, uh, the, the stuff, uh, you know, the glib and the um, the rehearsed answers, he wanted to really get a look at people underneath. So he wanted to get them uncomfortable. And so sometimes, they said sometimes when he brought somebody in for an interview, he would cut a, an inch or two uh, off the front leg of the chair just so they would be off balance. Because he didn't want to, he wanted to get down uh, to the nitty gritty. And in his biography, Why Not, Why Not the Best?, Former President Jimmy Carter tells about his Rickover interview. And I'm, well, I won't say much about Mr. Carter, but this is a great story. He says he, uh, he said, the Admiral asked me, he says, uh, Mr. Carter, where did you stand in your class at the Naval Academy? And Carter said, I swell my chest up and said, I was 59th out of 820. And he said, I kind of leaned back waiting for him to, tell me how impressed he was. And uh, Carter said, instead, he looked at me and said, did you do your best? And he said, I started to say, well, yes, sir, but I knew he would know that I didn't always do my best. And so he said, I said, no, sir, I didn't always do my best. And then Mr. Carter says, he looked at me for a long time, and he asked one Final question, which I've never been able to forget or to answer. And he said, why not? Why did you not do your best? When it comes to our life, when it comes to our ministry and how we serve the Lord Jesus, do we always do our best? And if not, why not? Compelling questions. This morning, uh, I want to speak on this, kind of on the subject of excellence. 
If you've been with us, you know we're in a series uh, on the church called We Are, and we've talked about being we are gospel-centered, and we are living on mission, and we are living in community, and, and uh, just, just talking about different values. Some of them are core values that, that we already, uh, that, are, that are part of our DNA, if you will. Uh, others of these values, they're, they're values that we aspire to be, to get to. Uh, I don't think uh, we can say that, that, that a core value is excellent, that we're always excellent, because I know in my own life personally, I'm not always excellent, but I do believe uh, all of us should aspire to be our very best. We should aspire to do our very best. And, and that means, uh, and if we're going to do it, if we're going to uh, aspire to, to do our very best in ministry and in serving the King, then what that tells us is that, that we need to have a ministry. That we, there needs to be a place where we are serving the King. And so I, I kind of my first challenge to all of us would be is, is, is where, what is your ministry and where are you serving at? And, and when you serve in your ministry, do you always do your best? Are we always aspiring to be excellent in what God has called us to be? And so I'm going to read a passage of Scripture and then kind of try to make the connection from the context. And then we're going to talk for a few minutes about, uh, about why we should always seek to do our best. First Corinthians chapter 10, look with me, beginning... Verse 31, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many that they may be saved. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, in these next few minutes, uh, as we seek to unpack this passage of Scripture uh, and talk about this, this idea of being our best and, and serving you and living life with excellence, God, I pray that you would speak into our hearts. And, and just to be honest, Lord, I, I pray, Father, that you would convict us, that we might understand why we are to give you the best we can. And so, God, would you move in our hearts and in our lives and, and uh, just this morning, would you speak to us in a special way? And God, God, always when we gather together as a group of people, not, not everyone here is, is probably yet a follower of Jesus. There are probably some here this morning that are wondering, do I really, do I really want to surrender my life to Christ? And God, my hope is, is that they would see that we serve a God of glory. We serve a Savior worth following. And not just a Savior worth following, but a Savior that deserves our best. So would you just come and speak to us this morning? Father, would you bring to mind every word that you want me to say? Uh, would you help me to forget those that, that are not relevant? God, would you just hide me behind the cross so I wouldn't speak according to my wisdom, but only in demonstration of your power, the Holy Spirit's power. We'll trust you for that, Father. And we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know, this is, this is kind of a popular text, I, I think. We, we claim it a lot and we talk about it a lot. It, it, it's pretty challenging uh, and, and can be really convicting. But the interesting thing is it's right in the middle of a discussion. If you read the context, it's really in the middle of a discussion on, on what believers should and should not do in terms of a lot of the cultural issues of the day. 
Now, uh, the, the culture issues of their day, one of the big things was should, particularly in Corinth, but in a lot of the cities, they had pagan worship. And so what they would do is they would sacrifice or slaughter an animal as an act of worship to a pagan god. And, and then, you know, then they would take some or all of the animal and they would take it down to the market and they would sell the meat. And the question of the day was, as a believer, could you eat meat? that had been sacrificed to an idol. And so there was this big discussion about that, and Paul kind of kind of talks about it, and we won't get into the details of that because that's kind of another message for another day. Uh, and then on the other side, he talks about the issue of, of headship and should a woman uh, live under the headship of her husband, and he talks about, you know, how Christ is the head of man, man is the head of the woman, and, and, and God is the head of Christ, and he talks about this order. And so in the, in the culture issues today, he, he shares this text with us, and he says, whatever... Whatever you eat or whatever you drink, whatever we do, we ought to do it for the glory of God. And so he gives us some insight on, on how to make wise decisions. And you've got to kind of read both of the, particularly the first part of that, uh, uh, about the, to, to kind of get the gist of that. But in the context of giving us wise decisions, what he also does for us, he gives us some motivation here for not just doing the right thing, but he also gives us motivation for doing the right things well. So we shouldn't just do what's right, but we ought to do what's right to the best of our ability. Now, what we want to do is we want to look at the text, and what we do, I think we can find about four different reasons or four motivations, if you will, for why you and me should live our life with excellence. So let me just share those with you. Number one, God's glory demands excellence. If you notice what he says there, whatever... So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And, and, and so when we, when we think about that theme, uh, the glory of God is all throughout Scripture. And, and God's glory demands, excellent, God's glory demands our very best. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 43, 7 says this, um, says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory... Whom I formed and made. Our, our, our Presbyterian friends have shared with us the shorter catechism from, from years ago, but it says the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. The chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Why? Well, we were formed. When we look at that, that verse in Isaiah 43, says, God said, everyone who's called by my name, everyone who's called by my name, whom I created for my glory. If you're called by the name of Jesus, and if you name Jesus as Lord, you were created for God's glory, to bring glory unto him. And I was talking to my nine-year-old. She comes with me early most Sundays. And, and we were just talking about, okay, who are, who are we to be living for? You know, if God knows more than we know, and, and God's wiser than we are, and we were just talking about how we are to live for Him, well, because we have a God that, that, that formed us to live for Him, and, and he, he formed us, He shaped us, if you will, for His glory, and so He made us to bring honor uh, and glory unto Himself, and, and, and so, so we should never go through life, and we certainly shouldn't go through our ministry doing things haphazardly, indifferently or in a lackadaisical manner. On the contrary, 
we ought to give God the very best that we have. Uh, a number of years ago, we took Bailey to Disney World. I think the first time, which is the time in question, she was about three and a half. We took her on the day before Christmas Eve. Anybody been to Disney World around Christmas? I, I think everybody, sh- you should have to take your kids or your grandkids to Disney World around the week of Christmas. I just, that just ought to be a requirement. You'll develop patience or you'll have to repent. One of the, one of the two things uh, will happen. But man, we got there about, we got there about a little after 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, man, we started in the park and, and you know, and if you've been there, man, it was something else. Man, we, you know, we run around doing this and that and they had a parade at two o'clock and so we had to get, uh, we had to get to that and, and, uh, you know, so we did that and then we went to the Country Bear Jamboree and we went to a bunch, bunch of these other places and it got dinner time and then we said, well, you know, there's another parade at eight o'clock and it's kind of electric parade and so we figured we'll do the electric parade. I don't think I told you that we got to dinner, we got to eight o'clock and nobody had had a nap except the two babies. I mean, I hadn't even had a nap. And, and we all needed a nap. But, but we said, we're going to go to the parade. So we watched the, the electric parade at 8 o'clock. And then my sweet sister-in-law says, you know, y'all, it's only about 10 more minutes and we have the fireworks. <laughs> so we stayed for the fireworks. And if you've seen the Christmas parade and if you've seen the fireworks, I, I shall tell you, man, they look just like they do on the postcard. I mean, it's, it's an incredible. Now, you can tell it's been a few years since we've been there because for 58, you, you know what we got for $58 a person? What we got for $58 was absolute excellence. Now, I looked online last night. It's $105 now, just so you'll know. Don't, don't expect. But, but, but here's what you get. When you go to Disney, what you get from them is you get the very best they can give you. And the re- Now, they could get by with less, but what they want is they want you to come back again and again and again. And, and, and so what happened is we got ready to leave that day, and Belly goes, you know, I didn't see Donald Duck. <laughs> so we had to go back, right? Yeah, I think maybe they hide one or two of those characters all the time. There's always a princess you can't find. There's always a... You know, why? Because they, they want you to come back. But, but what they do is they, they give us excellence for, you know, I mean, for a hundred bucks, man, you get a show. Now, they could settle for less, but they don't. So often, think about this. We serve the king of the universe, We serve the one who gave his very best for us. Shouldn't we give him our best? You know, we want people to come back again and again and again. So shouldn't we give our very best? God's glory, God's glory demands that we give his best. Uh, In fact, when God gave us Jesus, I mean, he, he... John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as, as the only Son from the Father, uh, full of grace and truth. So, so God, God, I mean, God laid it out for us. I mean, He gave us the very best He had. And, and His glory demands access. Uh, some of you ladies know Beth Moore. She had a, a study a few years ago called Breaking Free. And she talked about in that study how, how, how God, God's chooses to use his glory to make himself known 
and to show himself mighty. And so God's glory is the way that he expresses himself. That's why Jesus was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Because Jesus was the revelation, if you will, of God. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 1.3, y'all probably remember this from our study. Hebrews 1.3 says he, speaking of Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And, and, and so Beth Moore goes on to say, God's glory is how he shows himself. So Jesus, Jesus is, a, is a reflection of God's glory. And Jesus is how God chose to show himself. Now, what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say to us? Matthew 5, verse 16. Listen to this. King James Version. Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, our good works, and what? And glorify our Father who is in heaven. See, see it's, it, it's not only what we do that points people to Jesus. It's how we do it. And we ought to do it well because God's glory demands excellence. Secondly, if you look back in our text in 1 Corinthians, not only does God's glory demand excellence, but Jesus' life displayed or demonstrated, if you will, excellence. If you look at verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, I'll skip down to that. Paul writes, he says, listen, you, you imitate me as I am, or you be an imitator of me as I am an imitator of Christ. In other words, what he was saying, Paul was saying, listen, you follow my example because I'm following Christ's example and Christ's example is worth following. See, Jesus, you know, he, his life displayed or demonstrated, if you will, uh, the glory of God. That's why over in Colossians 3 verse 17, you don't need to turn there, but you, you'll recognize this passage. Uh, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And, and so everything I do in the ministry and in the circles where I'm known as a Christian is reflective of Jesus Christ. Like it or lump it, everything we do uh, in terms of the circles that we're in, where people know we're followers of Jesus. When they know that about us, then, then everything we do is on display. And they're looking to see, okay, is he, is she living like Jesus? Because Jesus lived a life uh, that, that, uh, that displayed excellence, and, and he really demands that of us. He expects that of us. Now, can we, let's just be honest for a minute. Have you, have you ever done just enough to get by? Just, has there ever been an area in your life where you say, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to kind of, uh, uh, what's the word here? I'm, I'm going to just put in my time. Uh, or I'm just, I'm going to mail this one in. You know, any, anybody ever, ever just kind of settled? I, I won't ask you to raise your hands. I remember back in college, uh, I think it was, I think I was taking my second history class. I think it was, the, you know, the sophomore year, second history but anyway, I got to class and I found out the professor gave essay tests. And so I just kind of decided, okay, he, you know, I, I think I can make it with a B. 
And so I just decided, I'm, I'm just going to try to make a bee. That's kind of what I'm going to try to make. And, 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 and guess what happened? I just kind of made a bee. But I just decided, hey, I'll just settle for this. I'm not going to go after this. Well, a lot, a lot of times that's what happens in our life. We just say, well, you know, I, I'm just kind of going to settle, uh, just going to kind of uh, get by with this or, or kind of get by with that. And so we... We need to be careful. Why do we do that? Why, why do we uh, settle, if you will, for less? Well, we're looking your... In fact, I want you to turn over to Mark chapter 6 for just a moment. I want to show you a little something. Mark chapter 6, just Jesus kind of going through this story or they're going through this little event. Uh, but I want you to see a couple things. Mark 6, we'll begin ver- reading in verse 33. You know the story, but I just kind of want to read it. Uh, you know, there's, there's multitudes out there. Jesus has been doing some miracles. Verse 33 says, Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns. They got there ahead of them. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. And the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And I want us to think about something. Why did, why did they want Jesus to send them away? I, I think there's two reasons. I think one reason is they didn't really want to be inconvenienced. You know, if we send them away, we can hang with Jesus. And we kind of like, we like being our little group. So number one, they didn't want to uh, be inconvenienced. Now, if we re- read on in the story, I think it's Andrew that says, man, Jesus, if we go buy enough for, for all these, it'll be like 200 denarii. In other words, 200 days wages. And, and that's a lot of money. And so here's the thing. Not only did they not want to be inconvenienced, they didn't want to sacrifice. They didn't want to sacrifice in order to offer the best. And I think, I think a lot of times when it comes down to my life, when it comes down to your life, and it comes down to serving the Lord and serving our ministry, if we're not careful, we, because of inconvenience or because of an unwillingness to sacrifice, we're willing to sometimes just kind of mail one in or just, hey, I'm just going to, you know, uh, I'll settle for this. And, and God deserves more than that. He deserves more than that. James 4.17. You should write this in your margin. James 4.17. Here's what it says. So whoever knows the right thing to do, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. If I know, if I know I ought to do my best and I settle for 80%, to me, is sin. We think, well, it's not a big deal. Yet to God, it's a big deal. To him who knows to do right and does it, to him, it is sin. And, and so, uh, I mean, I mean, Jesus did things with excellence. Man, he fed the 5,000. They had 12 baskets left. Uh, you, we won't look there, but in, in John chapter 2, the very first miracle John records, Jesus goes to the wedding and they get, they get toward the end of the wedding and they run out of wine and Jesus makes the wine. And, uh, you know, Jesus, I mean, uh, you know, he could have just made them any kind of wine, but man, he made them the good stuff. 
because the, the toastmaster or whatever you call that guy at the party says, you know, most people, they give you the good stuff at first, and then when people get a little tipsy, they bring out the bad. But not these people. They, listen, they, they, brought out, they saved the best. Well, why did they save the best for last? Because Jesus brought the best. Jesus always, always brings the best. And so should we. So, so we, should, we should pursue excellence because God's glory demands it. Jesus' life displays it. But let me give you a, one more reason. Uh, people deserve excellence. Look down in your Bibles there in 1 Corinthians. Look down, I think it's verse, um, I think it's verse 32. Let me see if I can find my way back. Uh, but it's in verse 32. Notice what he says. He says, give no offense to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God. So that kind of, in that culture, that was everybody. I mean, either you're a Jew or you're a Gentile or you're a Christian. I mean, you're, you're in one of those three categories. But he says, don't give any offense to any of them, just as I try to please everything and everyone and everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many. People deserve our best. I mean, Disney could get by with a lot less and people would still go, provided they watch out for the alligators. I mean, other than that, that you're right. But, but they're not satisfied with that because they want people to come back over and over and over and over again. As I've talked about, you know, I, I've had to go back and I've been back and every year we go home at Christmas, the, the, it comes up, hey, we need to go back. Why do my girls want to go back? Because it's good. See, when you offer excellence, people want to be a uh, part of that. And so people deserve our best. Zig Ziglar, uh, great motivator, salesperson, he said success is the maximum utilization of the ability that you have. People deserve the maximum utilization of our ability. Brian Harbour picks up on this in his book, Rising, Rising Above the Crowd. Listen to this. He says success means being the best. Excellence means being your best. Success to many means being better than everyone else. But excellence means being better tomorrow than we are today. Success means going beyond the achievements of other people. But excellence means matching our practice with our potential. So if somebody comes to our our Bible study class or they come to our Sunday school class, or the, you know, and, and we just say, well, you, we opened the book and go, I wonder what the lesson's about today. We hadn't prepared. That, that's not, you know, if you come on Sunday morning and I stand up here and go, you know, well, I really don't know what I'm going to say today. I hadn't thought about it all week, but let's just see if we can find a text. Right? You, you're you're going to get up and leave. Or at least you should get up and leave. Because, listen, people deserve our best. Now, we're not talking about, I'm not talking about we've got to be perfect. But we do need to be prepared. You know, we, we, we need to prepare like it all depends on us and then pray like it all depends on God because it does. It all depends on God, but it, but it all depends on us. I mean, you know, God can use a very dull instrument, but when we sharpen it a little bit, God seems to use it a whole lot better. So, so we just need to be better. People deserve uh, that, we, that we seek to be better uh, in everything uh, that we do. And then one last thing. Uh, people deserve excellence. Jesus displayed excellence. God's glory demands excellence. Uh, But look at verse 33, last part of verse 33. And this is, Paul says, Just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but but that of many, that they may, listen to this, that they may be saved. Have you thought about 
have we thought about the eternal destiny of somebody might hang in the balance based on how well we sing a song or how well we teach a lesson or how well we preach a sermon or how nice we are when we greet them at the door or how well we take care of their kids who work in preschool. Listen, somebody's soul might be hanging in the balance and what we do might make all the difference. Because here's what we... Listen, we know everybody is going to... Everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere. What if, what if your testimony, what if our willingness to witness determined whether or not somebody went to heaven or went to hell? Uh, I was out running. I think it was Friday morning. I dropped Carly Ann off at school and was, uh, me and a buddy of mine are trying to train for this little deal. So I was out doing some running and I'd probably been running about an hour and I was running through the HEB parking lot in Dripping Springs and there was a dually pickup and a, and a horse trailer and the guy had a flat tire and, and uh, it turns out it was deer in the trailer. You know, he had several, pretty cool looking deal. But I don't know if I stopped because I was spiritual. I don't know if I just stopped because I was tired of running. But for whatever reason, you know, I stopped and I engaged this guy in conversation. And, you know, we talked about, you know, I mean, I got his life story. I mean, I know where he lived, where he grew up. I knew what was in the trailer, and I got all this stuff. And, and you know, and so, you know, and he's just going everywhere all the time. And I so finally I just said, man, so what do you do for the spiritual side of life? And he said, well, you know, not a whole lot. I, you know, I'm really busy and, you know, well, you know, this and that. We go to church once in a while. But, 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 man, what a great question. Listen, if, if you want to involve, engage somebody in a spiritual conversation, just ask them what, they do, what do they do with the spiritual side of life. It's a great question. I, I read it, and I wrote it down, and I've learned it, and I've used it. And it, it'll, it's non-threatening. But, but so I ask him, that, and so we get in this conversation, and, and he, you know, he just doesn't, he doesn't think about it. He's not, I mean, the last thing on, on his radar is, is eternity. And so finally I said, you know, what, what somebody believes about Jesus is going to determine where you spend eternity, whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. Now that's heavy stuff. So, so think about this. How well we do when, when, we, when we do our thing for Jesus, if, that's, if we can look at it that way. When we use our gifts, when we share our story, when we share our testimony, when we preach our sermon, when we teach our lesson, sing our song, or, or whatever it is God's going to Listen, think about this. Sometimes a soul is in the balance when we preach. Sometimes, I mean, Sunday school teacher, think about this. What if when you go to class today or when you go to class next week and you open the Word of God, there's somebody sitting out there, and it it could be that what you have to say that day is going to make their decision. It could be that that, that's the day they said, God, I'm giving you one more chance. Or, God, I'm going to give you, you know, I'm I'm, I'm about to, and I'm going to give, because it happens. And because that's true, we should give God the very best we have. And at, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, souls are in the balance. And so we need to give God excellence. His glory demands it. Jesus demonstrated it. 
people deserve it. And sometimes people's soul depends on it. So as a, as a follower of Jesus, as a servant of the king, doesn't he deserve our best? Doesn't he deserve our best? And so kind of a couple questions and we'll wrap this thing up. You know, thought about, okay, how, how do we apply this? You know, you just and I just, we just need to sit down and ask ourselves the question. Am I giving God my best? If not, why not? I mean, it, it's that easy. Am I involved in ministry? I think that's a fair question. Am I serving the king? And if you are, are you giving him the best you have? If you're not, you ought to start serving. He expects it of you. And he doesn't just expect you to serve, but he expects us to serve. And so I think, I think just from, from the takeaways are, are you giving him your best? And if not, why not? And if not, would you be willing today to repent and pursue God's best? I, read, I didn't share this. I think it's in my notes somewhere. We can't become excellent in a day. But we can start today. Are you willing to start today and give God your best? Let's pray together. Heads bowed, eyes closed. No one looking. Don't move around for just a minute. Let me just say a couple things. I've been talking to believers, and, and some of you here, you're, you're kind of, you're on the outside looking in, or you're just not sure uh, if you want to follow this Jesus. And, and I just, can I just say, man, the greatest decision I ever made was to give my life to Jesus. God gave his best for me. Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sins. I share with this guy, man, I have forgiveness for, from sin because of Jesus. I have life because of Jesus. And I have hope forever because of Jesus. And if you're here this morning and you don't have forgiveness and you don't have peace and you don't have hope forever, then I want to offer you Jesus Christ. Whoever believes on him, the scripture says, will not be disappointed. Would you be willing this morning to give your life to Jesus? Would you be willing this morning to invite him to come into your heart? Would you be willing this morning to surrender your life to Jesus as Lord? If, if, if your answer is yes, then just tell him. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I want forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I want peace. Lord Jesus, I want hope forever. So I turn from my sin and I surrender to you. And friend, if you'll make that commitment, that kind of commitment, if you'll surrender to Jesus, Lord, the Bible says you can be saved forever. And God will make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so I hope you'll do that. Believer, Follower Jesus, are, are, are you giving God your best? Not so much perfectly, but are you consistently giving Jesus your best? And if not, I think we should just ask him to forgive us.
if we're not giving him our best. In fact, if you're not giving him your best, let me just encourage, let me just lead us in this, this prayer. I, you, you, you can say it in your heart, you can say it out loud, but that's what I think we ought to say. Because I need to say this, Lord Jesus, I don't always give you my best. Lord Jesus, I want to repent. You're the king of the universe, Lord Jesus. You deserve, you deserve the best. And so I surrender today. And I just, would you, Lord Jesus, fill me? Would you help me to serve you? And would you help me, Lord Jesus, to serve you as well as I can? Not for my honor, but for yours. Not for my glory, but for yours. Lord Jesus, would you help us today to honor you and to serve you and to bless you with our life? And God, when you do, we'll be careful to give the glory and the honor and the praise to Jesus. For it's in his awesome, wonderful, and mighty name I pray. Amen. Look up if just a moment. I'm going to turn you loose. If, if God's spoken to your heart, if you need prayer, if you'd like to chat about, uh, hey, here's where I'm at. Maybe you're not yet a follower. Maybe you're thinking about being a follower. Or maybe you want to talk about getting baptized. I, I'll be here at the front for a minute. And then after that, I'll be out kind of the welcome area. I'd love to pray with you, talk with you. If you want to join our church, we'd love to pray with you about that. But I, what I want you to go away, what I want us to go away with today We serve the king, not a king, but the king, the king. And the king deserves for his servants to give him the best. And so as we go out this week, let's make sure we give Jesus our best. Have a blessed Sunday. Hope to see you tonight at 5 o'clock for disciple making. Uh, Be blessed. Have a great day.